Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Happy Thursday to you, December 15th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here Roll on Big Exports Radio. Cow. KRC is a group of fellas named TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We appreciate you tuning in on your, what, just kind of slightly chilly Thursday morning. I wouldn't even say chilly. For was, the weather update. I mean, it's not warm. But I mean, rel- relative to December, like this is a, it was a balmy Balmy morning. Oh, December 15th. Happy happy birthday to my sisters, Christine and Courtney. I'm sure you're up and at them. That's weird. They were born uh, on the same day. Yeah, I know, right? Dude, tried explaining that to my son yesterday. Wow, it's my birthday, too. That was oh. his response. So, um, makes total sense. Yeah. Well, it can be his birthday if he wants it to be his yeah, birthday. It's his birthday every day. Well, what was it like having twins grown up in the uh, family? Um, they were just the girls. Uh, it, there wasn't any sort of, um, uh, I, I don't think it was any difference between having, uh, a couple of sisters versus them being the same age. Cause I mean, my brother and I shared a room, they shared a room. Uh, I guess they were just kind of stuck sharing stuff a lot longer. They shared their own cell phone until, oh man, college. Man, being a twin born 10 days before Christmas, I feel like I'd be getting hosed on the gifts. They usually got to do something fun. Like, they would always do something pretty cool. Like, uh, they we're going to do it. It was, it'd be Christmassy like. Like, they would do like an ice skating birthday party or, you know, yeah, st- stuff like that where you could kind of tie in the Christmas theme and still do it big. Did they have to go to the Nutcracker? Well, we, our aunt worked for Brown Foreman, who was the was the longtime main sponsor. So we got to go – we went for free every year. With you like would their, go to the Nutcracker? We, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a big fa- – it was one of those things where I, I liked it, didn't like it, then liked it again, and now I kind of want to go see it again because it's been a while. Really like the music, the the, the the Russian dancers going, hey, you know, like there's there's some fun theatrics to it. I feel – and I can only speak from my own experience and inside my own community, but I felt like if you were a – Girl, in the Catholic grade school system, you didn't really have a choice if you wanted to see the Nutcracker or not. You you were going Mm -hmm. to the Nutcracker every year. Maybe against your will, or I'm sure some probably enjoyed it. Uh, I did not know any fellas 
any little mm-hmm. gentleman yep. that would go see the Nutcracker. That was the. Uh, uh, I would get sometimes jealous, but it was more of like. I, I, rem- I specifically remember my dad being like, "You don't want to go. You don't. Want- it's, it's just people <laughs> dancing and singing, and you're going to get bored in ten minutes." And I was like, "But Lauren gets to do something." Well, I do believe that it was my mother who took us, and not my father. Would make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was a treat because it was one of the few times if we got to see a play that we were down in the lower level. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. Real, real treat. Yeah. Well, good. Well, right. good. Well, happy birthday mm-hmm. to the twins and. Uh, are they listening to you this morning? Uh, Courtney, Courtney listened on podcasts, so yeah. Woo! Happy birthday, Aunt Corn. I can say for for my my sister. Wow, she just must not love you then. Mm-hmm. But like, probably two or three times a year, she'll send like a Snapchat to be like, "So funny, TJ," and it'll be like, "This is just one of the few times that you tuned in or you remembered." So. <laughs> I'm on to you, Lauren. I'm on to you, Lauren. Scoots, how are you this morning? I am tired. Man, I stayed up way too late. Between Survivor and that Louisville game, oof. Folks, Survivor was good. Survivor was great. It was. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what to think of this season, but the last the last two weeks, just huge, huge to us. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers. I mean, there's a portion of our listenership that it, just we mentioned the S word and they are furious. They Soccer? don't want to hear any of it. Probably that too. <laughs> yeah, that would that, that Shout out to France. Well. But uh, yeah, we got a pretty exciting World Cup finale. But I, I definitely don't want to give spoilers, even for the few people that do care about our survivor takes, but maybe haven't, didn't have a chance to stay up till 11 p.m. last night to see the winner, 10:30, I guess. But uh, it was a, it was a controversial finale. Yeah, it, it 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 went in a way I did not expect it. Uh, one thing I'll say, this is spoiler free. I like now that they do the one-on-one interviews with the jury going into the final vote. Instead of doing that stupid walk thing, yeah, where I, they were like, oh, look at all of our people who have fallen. Like, that thing was so dumb. was uh, really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is much, uh, much better. Like, if the people actually had passed, then it would be better. Yeah, but, but like, they, no, they're, you're going to go see just, them. Now they're just at the resort on the other end of the island just getting hammered at the pool. Yeah. That's another thing that kind of bothers me is that you can almost feel that, like, there have been so many conversations with the jury already about gameplay that you don't see on the camera when they are at that resort. Because mm-hmm. they come into it like, see, and it seems like they know who they're voting for, how they have determined it has played out. And I don't think they often really care about the jury vote answers. I know a couple of them yesterday said that they did. But uh, I, I can't remember the last reality show that I was like happy with the person who, who won. Uh, or felt like it was like, deserving so i wasn't happy last night oh, although the, su- the surprise twist at the end i guess makes it all like you know who really cares right yeah but yeah. but i don't want to give any spoilers yeah i, c- I could be content with it though because i thought there was the it was a, a worthy final three scoots a worthy final three i agree it was actually the final three you predicted yeah yeah which you asked for our predictions and i wanted to be like yeah i'm i agree with you everything you just said but i had to switch it up so i was wrong yeah i don't uh I don't think it was a worthy final three, but I really can't say more without spoiling. But wild episode of Survivor for those that participate. Yeah, wild, wild two weeks back maybe, to back. Maybe it, tomorrow we can. So, like, this was our two minutes on it today. We can do two minutes on it tomorrow, and we can just spoil City USA. Yeah, just spoil, spoil all the, over the listeners. Spoil, spoil, spoil. It'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah, It'll, it'll be, be a great time. time. Yeah, it was late night for sure, and the Cardinals wow. are off the schneid. They did it. I said that uh, we, t- we – 
had the double TV set up. I don't even think the wife cared to put on the Uval game, but I I was like, we're going to be watching shows anyway, so we may as well have it on the other TV. And she was like, fine, that's fine. That sounds good. And I was like, you all may get off the schneid. She was like, what? What? You just made that word up. And then, sure <laughs> enough, after UofL got off the schneid, Terry Miners tweeted, we're off the schneid. So I showed Hannah the tweet, and I was like, see, everybody uses that phrase. You, you, you're really emphasizing the sh in it, though. I usually just say snide. I take the sh. Oh, out. no, you got to say schneid. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Scoot's not German roots. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Roush, not a German name. No. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it, it was funny, though, because uh, I was texting, uh, I think Drew just sent a, a screenshot of the line to Luckett and I. Uh, when it came out on Wednesday night, and Luckett's response was, if anybody could lose to this team, it's Rick Stansberry. And you know what? He was right. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Rick Stansberry. God, what a loser. That guy. God, such a dork. UofL's 280-day nightmare comes to a close, and Scoots is getting nervous. Scoots has been nervous. Scoots' team only has two wins. You have acted like you haven't given a hoot. Don't well, hoot. So last night absolutely changed my mindset because there were portions of that game where Louisville looked really, really good. I'd say for a majority of that game, 80, 80% of that game, they looked like an extremely competent basketball team. But then you had that, there was that small little sliver, 20% or so, where. They just are such a bad basketball team. I mean, they they did everything in their power to throw that game away at the end. Western Kentucky just couldn't convert and take it take it from them. The L. Ellis had a hilarious pass. Oh, that, that was nearly went into the second level at the Yum Center. It, it, yeah. it, it's obvious that it slipped out of his hand, like when he. I, but it was still just a silly pass. That dude is. If if you all watch once you once I say this and you're watching him, you'll notice it every time. He cannot make a pass without jumping. It's unlike anything I've seen oh, in my life. Oh, no. He's one of those. Oh, yeah. No and wonder he, can't he played even, Juco he, basketball. He can't even help himself. That's like... that's. It'll like, be for, like, for the most simple, basic pass. He'll still have like a little pep in his step. Should have played fifth and sixth grade CSAA basketball. <laughs> it's like the one... Don't jump to pass. Oh, it's now the, that I say, just watch Xavier Wheeler does it all the time, too, and I'm just like, oh, something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. It's a dangerous game yeah. when you leave your feet throwing throwing the ball. Yeah, it did slip out of his hand, but it still just kind of looked like a goofy pass. Oh, it was be, very funny. Be, um, begin with. But, Scoots, I, yes, obviously Louisville looked good and certainly looked the best they have at any point in the Kenny Payne era exhibitions or real games or I'm sure practices as well. But holy smokes, I – this is certainly hyperbole, and I'm self-aware enough to admit it, but I'm not sure if I've ever seen a team – give up so many open shots as Western Kentucky. And credit to Louisville because they hit them. But there were, I mean, people just could literally look around, dust off the ball, read a good book before throwing up the ball. Western even was late closing out. I don't even know what defense they were playing half the time. And I don't, I'm not saying that, I mean, I've, I've got a solid basketball mind, but you'd have some people that were kind of in a matchup zone, others just following their men, men along the baseline all the way to the other side of the court. So it was it some sort of man to man. And then sure enough, I don't think Western Kentucky knew what they were running because they 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 broke down and gave up open shot after open shot after open shot. And then I don't think Western even played all that phenomenally offensively. I don't think they're a great offensive team. Their point guard, if we think Severe Wheeler can't shoot folks, like that he is a one-dimensional, but he's good at getting inside the lane. Uh, but they had a they had a pretty average offensive night, I would consider. 
And they still, you're right that they were still in the game. I mean, you know, they cut it to, I think, seven. And then, you know, Louisville would come down and just make a three. Mm-hmm. And then they'd get the possess- they'd get the ball the next possession, and they'd come down and make another three. Louisville 12 of 25, I think, from behind the arc. That's a good recipe for for a nice offensive night. But so many of those shots were wide open. And, credit for, UofL, from and, deep. and credit for UofL for hitting them. Uh, I don't I don't know. They, they hit probably more than their average. They're not a very good shooting team to begin with. And I just watching the game, I noticed them hitting several, but I don't know what their total was. I'll pull it up here in just a moment. Well, that that was the difference in the game, and you, and you mentioned it. Louisville hit their open shots. Western did not. 9 of 26. Yeah. I mean, they hit 52% from three for UofL, 54% from the floor. <laughs> 94 points. If you're Western, that's humiliating. Yeah. They couldn't get out of the 50s. So how did they – they gave up 83 points to Western? They they did, yeah. I also know that you could feel the tension on social media when they took that big uh, lead early in the second half. I think you were up 17 uh, before the first media timeout. And there was, like, this joy and also, like, immediately, like, oh, God, how are they going to screw this up? Oh, I, I live bet Western yeah, in that I mean, moment. Because there there was a, a a decent chance that they could have just blown that all away. And that, that's kind of what happened in that Bellarmine game, right? They were they didn't get that lead in the second half, but they were up early in that game, uh, fell behind, and then the other team tried to give it away, but they just got in their own dumb way. I, I could have seen Louisville getting in their own way and, and falling apart. But you know what? Good for Kenny Payne. Good for Kenny Payne. He finally got one. I cannot believe they dumped Gator on, Gatorade on him and shot confetti throughout the <laughs> um center. Don't you feel like that was a little much for an 0-9 team? It's a little much, yeah. The, the life, the, they're supposedly in L circles, jokes about rushing the court were made. Uh, oh, I, I I got one, yeah the, yeah. the cards didn't, they did not dump Gatorade on Kenny Payne. Or, or have and, confetti. And, and there was but... no confetti cannons. Um, but man, that's got to no be just rushing the court, such unfortunately. an exhale just to get one win. Because there was a very, like, you know it was in the back of their minds, like, are we going to ever win a game? They had to be thinking that. So to just get one, um, I'm sure it would give them some much needed confidence and put our boy Scoots really in a pickle here, because, whew. You're in trouble, buddy. You're still in the lead. Yeah. It got tight. Is it got tight. Flam Moon next week? Huh? Yeah, they'll have Florida A&M on the 17th. Mm. Uh, that'll A&M that'll even it up. Actually, that will not even it up. It will even it up. EMU nah. doesn't play till Sunday. It, when And when does Louisville play? Saturday. Oh, okay. That will even it up, yeah. EMU will take the lead, though, on and Sunday. And you're confident that they will be two on Sunday? Detroit. Detroit Mercy, who the, has a better record than EMU. The Fighting Mike Davises. Is he yes. still there? Uh, yes. Pretty oh, sure. Oh, man, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I, I think that, do they still, did that good score end up staying there? Or where did he, where did he end up, what did he end up doing? Brad Calipari, he's no longer playing basketball there. Nope. What school is he coaching at? Brooklyn, LIU? Yeah, we're Brooklyn at. Good for him. Oh, maybe he'll be at the game on Saturday. By the way, here we, here I was yesterday. I was going to say we, but it was specifically me. Here I was yesterday talking about how I didn't want to play UCLA coming off a loss. Well, don't have to worry about it. Uh, they geez. absolutely annihilated Maryland on their home floor. And what was up that? by what, like 27, 28 at halftime? Yeah, it was something like 45 to 17. It was I mean, really, it was, it was a beat down of I mean, all beat downs. They, they pantsed them on their home floor. I mean, completely just embarrassed them. Um, they started. They took their sister home too. Like I mean, it was it was completely. 
anything. I mean, they did everything but sort of spit in their face and call their mom a fat and there, stupid. There's rumors that Maryland started a petition after the game to not allow UCLA to come into the Big Ten. Uh, they made that official yesterday to the UCLA board or the the LA board of regents or whatever. But they're gonna they have to gonna, pay a tax <laughs> to the to Cal, which is like what? How did this? But yeah, they're gonna have to pay a Pac-12 tax. From anywhere between two and ten million dollars a year, depending on the Pac-12 media rights deal. So if the Pac-12 doesn't get a good deal, then UCLA is going to have to pay UC Berkeley like ten million bucks a year. Obviously, I don't know the contracts, and I'm not a lawyer, but that just sounds like a load of baloney. Yeah, I, I bet yeah. UCLA was like, "We're just going to make so much money in the Big Ten that like, who cares? Yep. So we'll just give it. We'll sure. Just, we'll Here's your ten million dollars. Gosh, I, if I were, I, I would not. Love that. Uh, that makes no sense. Man, the all. nerd schools are, uh, are really in trouble. They're in trouble. Well, they can have their academics to fall back on. There you go. Good education. Go pro in something other than sports. <laughs> but that was a that was a great win for UCLA, and I think it's a great thing for UK. If that's not going to get UK, UK, I'm sure yeah. is already really pumped up for this game. But that's going to be uh, should add a lot of juice. That's going to be driven into them. Oh, they just beat the snot out of a top a ranked team. They're going to come in looking for blood. They can beat the doors off you if you all aren't motivated. I think it's a great thing for Kentucky that UCLA is coming off a great win. I'm sure for UCLA's confidence and motivation, they'll be they'll be excited too. But that's going to be at least. At that point, I don't know, five, six days on the road. They'll be heading home after the game, getting back to the West Coast. Uh, I think it sets up nicely for UK. That being said, watching a little bit more of of UCLA last night, they kind of technically play four guards, depending on how you consider Yakes. Like he is, I mean, he's a four, but he is. The way he handles the ball and plays facing the basket, Mm -hmm. he's. And like I put it on the floor. I'm gonna sound like a butt slapper, but I freaking love. Like he's one of my favorite college basketball players. Really fun college player to watch. Yeah, because he just does all of the little things. Um, He he's not overly athletic. Like it's just it's the the kind of like uh, coach tape you want to use. Like, see, this is a guy. He's undersized. He uses ball fakes, and I mean Jacob Toppin. When you're guarding this guy, you do not have to jump to block his shot. Just remember that because he's gonna ball fake you to death. So don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. He's going to. I, but think like I don't. You know that's going to be a tough matchup. I, I don't know how Cal is going to be able to. Topping going to be chasing him around. Do we remember how UK came off screens in the Gonzaga and Michigan State game? It wasn't pretty, especially having some of your bigger guys having to chase some of the smaller guys around. So I don't know. It's going to be. You would think hopefully Kentucky has a rebounding advantage. UCLA is going to pack it in as is anyways. It's going to be fascinating to see the lineups Calipari uses. There definitely wouldn't be any place for the three bigs that I so infamously bring up on this show. Yeah, no place like for that. Chris Maybe, Livingston, ideally. could that he, he could be somebody that you would think. But it's also. They could put on the. I feel like a 17th year senior Hawkeyes against oh yeah, a guy in his seventh game. Mark, oh, not good. Know. Yeah, I totally that's that's the downside, but you would think that body type would match up well for right. the situation we're talking about, but that's a really tough spot. He's a really smart player. He's going to get people in foul trouble. Um it's going to be fun though. But I think Kentucky's just a better team. 
So it's as simple as this, terrible basketball analysis, but it's just the truth. UK is going to have to spread the floor, extend the floor with UCLA packing it in. UCLA is going to try to muddy up this game. To do that, Kentucky has to just be able to knock down outside shots. C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, Cason yeah. Wallace, Wheeler, when you're wide open, you've got to be able to knock it down. Just to be able to give Oscar a chance if, to have some post opportunities. If U.K. is a good shooting night, I think U.K. wins comfortably. If they do not, then it's probably going to be a really frustrating, ugly game that comes down to the wire and maybe, maybe slight lean to UCLA just because that style – fits them a little bit better, it does the Cats. So it's going to come down to just making mm. shots, as basketball so often does. But I'm I'm really excited for this game, and I think last night even added a little juice for me as well. Uh, question for both of you. Who is older, Tiger Campbell or Hami Hawkes? I'm guessing Campbell. The, the easy you're... answer is Hawkes, but, yeah, the way you phrase that. I don't Tiger know. Campbell. I don't know who it is either. I'm oh, guessing Tiger Campbell. No, it's Hawkes. Like he's been sure. there longer. All right, I've got the UCLA he's roster. Only been, Tiger's only been there, I think, thir- three years now. Only three years? I'm pretty sure. I've got their – oh, wait, I pulled up their football roster. Whoops. Yeah, bad. I want to say he's a junior. Wrong roster. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Nobody knows what anybody is anymore from an – that's a, true. I at least appreciate the schools that just say their years on campus. So Tiger Campbell is a redshirt senior. Really? This is his fifth year. Wow. So he, he's beaten Hawkes by a year. He got there a year before uh, Hawkes did. That's I incredible. think Tiger Campbell, he went to Wadalumier. He was probably playing with Brian Bowen. Right? Yeah. Which mm. seems like an eternity ago. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe at the very beginning of his La Lemire career, but some a lot of times they don't get to La Lemire when they're freshmen. That's true. That's true. Um, but let's see real quickly. Brian Bowen was class of 2017. Tiger Campbell, class of 2018. Oh, so, so only most likely. Yeah. 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 Mo- assuming that they, that he got there for at least a junior season. What, what, what do we think old Tugs is up to? He was in Australia, I think for a little bit. Not sure. Wonder if that guy will ever like write a book or something. Wonder if he still has that hair. There's a good head of hair. Tiger Campbell, good head of hair. Yeah. That's a fun matchup to little guards, smaller guards. Campbell, I believe the better shooter, but I would probably want to at least double check those numbers. But yeah, I don't know actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, pull- I'm pulling it up here. You talk. Okay. Um I'm in how Wheeler plays to Either up oh, to yeah. or, I mean, this is a good way to shut people like me up. You know, uh, he's shooting thirty three percent. Campbell is from three. They're pretty much similar. I mean, they're yeah. very similar. Uh, Wheeler rounding up is at thirty nine percent for the season, thirty eight point eight field goal percentage. Tiger Campbell thirty nine point one. So they're thirty nine percent shooters from the three point line. Rounding up. Wheeler's at 32%, rounding yeah. down for Campbell, he's at 33%. So yeah, no. very, pre, very pre similar. Even. Oh, uh, one big discrepancy, though. Free throws. You've got Campbell. He's a point guard, right? He, yeah. sh- he should be a good free throw shooter. 88.9%. Let's round that up to 89%. That's, that's stellar. Yeah. 89% from the line. Don't foul that guy late in the game, UK. That's incredible. Wheeler, he's your leading point guard. 59%. From the stripe? From the stripe. Wow. 59%. That's awful. I, you know, that's one point of the Wheeler conversation that I 
think a lot of people miss on. I defend the dude and say, hey, it ain't Wheeler's fault that Cason Wallace and Antonio Reeves pass up open shots. Those guys need to be more aggressive, and they need to put up more shots themselves. And when it's late in the shot clock and Wheeler has to take over because nobody else is doing it, I ain't blaming Wheeler for that. What I will blame Wheeler for is being a 59% free throw shooter. It's tough to even keep you on the floor late yeah. in the game if you're that bad. That yeah. is horrible. How many that has he horrible. taken? Uh, probably more than we would care to say, but let me pull it up. Man, that it, is... It's not, I don't think it's like some uh, uh, some sort of... He's taken... Oh, gosh. I looked at his Georgia numbers, and it was 83, and I was like, if he's taken 83 free throws already this year... <laughs> uh, he's only taken 22, so it's actually okay. not as many as I thought, but it's also not like seven, you know, where the numbers could be totally skewed just from like one or two or three trips from the line. 22 is several trips to the line, 59% horrible. He needs to like, Saturday be a great place to start where we can have a story come March where Wheeler was 59% and it went back to the St. Peter's game last year where he struggled up the stripe, but heading into the garden, since then he's been 85% from the free throw line or something. That needs to be the narrative and it's got to start this weekend. That's embarrassing to have your point guard shoot 59% from the free throw line. It's embarrassing really for anybody to be shooting 59% from the free throw line on a D1 scholarship. That's that's just the flat-out truth. You are getting paid to play college basketball I used to always have to preface it with through scholarships and and it's true no, like no, that's, but that's not nothing but like now I don't even need to preface it you're mm-hmm. getting paid to play college basketball at the highest level you cannot be a 59 percent free throw shooter seems my biscuits especially when it's got to be mostly mental um, that was a big story on going into last week's game it's like now instead of shooting 10 free throws in a row we're all shooting front end one on one so we have consequences for our actions like okay how much I don't know how much that's going to actually help you make your free throws, but just whatever you got to do, just make them. Just go up there with ice in your veins and because it's more of a confidence thing than anything, right? You practice your routine, do it, do it, do it, do it again, get it down. Repetition, practice, confidence. Yeah, it is. It's all mental. It's all and, and like you could not be a good shooter. That's that could be part of the equation, but for Wheeler, who. Like, obviously, he's not a great free-throw shooter. What is he on his career? i got it pulled up here. 72% on his career. That's respectable. Yeah. Uh, he was 78% last year at UK. That can that can get the job done. That's basically four out of five it, for, yeah. no, for that's, all intents yeah, that's, and purposes. That's, yeah, I'll take that. You'd probably like it to be a little bit better, but you can live with that. that. That You can be on the floor late in games. There's nothing wrong with that. But 59. Well... You can fix it against uh, old Tiger Campbell on Saturday in the CBS Sports Classic. Big sports weekend. Um, Remember Riley LeChoke missing the free throws? Oh, yeah. That dude was like, what, like a 92% free throw mm-hmm. shooter? Did he miss all three? Or just two, uh, and he had to I make two. I think he did miss all three. Or what, yeah, what I, I think he went over. Man. Chick-fil-A was given out. <laughs> if it wasn't already won at that point. Don't tell mm. Ashley Judd. All right, let's go to a break. Uh, we got talking biscuits. Scoots made me think of Thornton's breakfast. Biscuits. Not, oh, Scoots, their biscuits are fine. Now they're no, oh, no. No, I'm, I've never said they weren't fine. I'm just not a biscuit guy. That's that's across the board for breakfast places. I'd much rather have my sandwich on a croissant. You know, go with the ad, Scoots, man. You know but what? They do have good biscuits. They, uh, <laughs> they do the double sausage biscuit. Make yeah. sure you're getting plenty of protein in the morning. Not just one skinny little... 
No, you're getting double sausage on your sausage biscuit. It's great. Yeah, I've had one of those before. They're just, I, I don't know. It I, feels like I'm uh, doing something wrong, like I'm not supposed to be doing, <laughs> but it's it's very good. You can do things wrong that you're not supposed to be doing at Thornton's <laughs> uh, with your Refresh and Rewards app. Save money, save time. Go to Thornton's today. Shout out to Kelly the, Leonardo and Alex Cupper. The Thornton's, by my house today, gas was less than $3 a gallon. Yeah, when I was driving around the other day and kind of rural parts, I saw like 260 270 I was like, that's pretty cool. More of that. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Around the holiday season. Uh, Thornton's will always have the best gas, highest quality, real good stuff, y'all. Anybody that's in the gasoline business knows it. And then there's one probably right around the corner from you because they're all over Louisville. Oh, 10 cents off your gallon. Boom. There you go. Wow. Look at that. We'll be right back. KRC on Big Exports Radio. He's gone country. Look at them boots. He's gone country. Back to his roots. He's gone country. A new kind of suit. He's gone country. Yeah, he comes. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. No, the guy with the rubber glove was surprisingly gentle. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Thursday. Appreciate you tuning in. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We've got a lot of texts. We're going to get to them at some point or get to as many as we can. Oh, it's an easy text line day. We got this. We, we got can, this? We can do it, Scoots? We finished it yesterday, so. Did we? We're all caught up, yeah. That doesn't sound right. It, it is. Remember, right. we were getting off, we were signing off, and our last text was the guy mad that you left the Shepherd Villains hanging? Oh, yeah. Did we get any updates from the Shepherd Villains? Yeah, oh, we yeah. did, actually. Yeah, there's several. Good. <laughs> so shout out to KRC being listened to in Shepherdsville. Really nice little downtown, but the bridge looks like the bridge in what I would picture... I don't know if they go to the bridge in the movie It. I can't remember it. But in the book, there's a bridge. What's mm-hmm. the, what's the name of that town? Derry? That yeah. sounds right. Derry. There's a bridge in Derry, and it just, they just make it sound like a really spooky bridge. This one looks like that one, how I'd picture that one to look. Except, like, every five feet, there are some Christmas decorations, and then you'll walk 20 yards, and then there'll be another one. And it doesn't. It, there's no theme. It doesn't make any sense. There's some tinsel in some areas, and then there's, like, ornaments in another area. But you know what? Maybe it's actually the most beautiful art this state has to offer. It is a cool-looking bridge. (laughs) And does it have, like, all the little jagged parts that kind of shoot off that aren't supposed to be there? There's some, like, damage railing. Does the picture show the damage railing? It does not, no. Yeah, I don't don't know if some cars were... It would be not a fun fall into the Salt River down there. Right near there, Scoots, is Cart Country. Have you ever been to Cart Country? Uh, back when I was a kid, yeah, we went once. I was, this was probably whew, 25 years ago. Should we have Scoots around small machinery? I would like to see Scoots and Trevor race at Cart Country, and it's Trevor, probably something we can make happen. Trevor would smoke me. That would be like Bowser versus you, you all. You all are looking oh, at Oh, we could dress him up as Bowser and Toad. You yeah. all are looking at an all-time worse 
a go-kart driver. How I don't know what wow. it is. How can you be bad at go-kart last driving? Last time I went go-karting. Mr. Stick Shift, too. Last like, time yeah. I, oh, I like that's because I just that, like to feel. That's because they're bad. automatic. That's why I suck at them. Oh. But last time I went, we went to Bluegrass, and I got lapped by probably four or five guys. I've never done, like, the indoor, super-fast go-karts. I'd like to. I think it'd be fun. But uh, And I'm a phenomenal driver, so I have no doubt that I'd probably win. But, wow. You're defaulting to Trevor. He'd never default yeah. to you. He'd, he'd never just wave the white flag. Wow. Well, I mean, he does have a little more weight than me, so his cart's going to be a little heavier. Is that true? That might be advantage for me. An Couldn't advantage? It, I mean, don't you think... Would it be an advantage? Well, his cart won't move as fast, or maybe he'll get momentum and it won't it and it'll go faster. Down, it it's not a sled. Don't you think it could slow him down a little bit? His weight? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. No, oh, you you said it would be an advantage yeah, for him. Be an advantage. Oh no, for me. Oh okay. I was to say that was, yeah, was very sorry confused. for me. Uh, Sometimes the funny I thing about car country words. too is the it's just such a ginormous track mm-hmm. that like whoever would it, if you did. If weight was an issue, we'd find out pretty early on, and it, it wouldn't be like it, it'd be hilarious how far ahead whoever is winning probably would get. Got to make it happen. The the allure of go karts kind of wore on me once I could start driving real cars. You don't <laughs> like go karts anymore? I mean, they're fine, but it's just not the same. Not the same thrill. Because you're not a kid anymore. Well, yeah, I think there's. Well, and I also can like drive real cars. Yeah, but I still enjoy like driving a golf cart. From time to time, it's a good time. It's fun. Golf cart more than go karts. I would go karts not as accessible for a thirty-one also, year old adult. The thing about go karts, the people who moderate those tracks are the biggest sticks in the mud. Like th- those people are the most rule following, no fun having losers. I, I, oh, I, I could get... definitely see Roush being the type of guy that thinks slamming into the back of his friend's cart at full speed <laughs> is just a hilarious goose. Yeah, it's a, good old, a little good old fashioned whiplash. What's, what's the point of driving go karts if you can't ram somebody into the wall? It's, it's you know, never, it's never hurt anybody. No, I'm all right with a little fish tailing and some good old fashioned, just like bumping and grinding on yeah. the go kart track. But like so, when, they, the, when people are parked and you're getting out and you'll see that like lady that just has no clue how. Oh. Like hit the brake, and just you'll hear like the loudest thud in the whole place. Ooh, and it's like yeah, just hit your other foot. That's gas on one leg, brake on the other. I can get why. I mean, also, if that was just your job for seven hours, I would probably be a little grumpy too. Yeah, just having to true. yell at people to like not be an idiot. Punk so ass kids. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. Punk. Whereas like kids. nobody's yelling at me when I try to jump the golf cart over the hill. Yeah, yeah. The club pro is long gone. He can't see what mm-hmm. the shenanigans we're out doing there. The people also that like vandalize golf carts are losers. I well. never. The, there was a trend. Uh, I, I want to say it was around COVID because people couldn't really do anything besides golf of just running people over in golf carts. We've talked about that before. It's probably been several years. Yeah. If you're but, if you run over me with a golf cart, we're just gonna fist. Fight. I, I'm, yeah. Like you're just the worst human. <laughs> like that's. I could, you could, why, why, why? I even I even hate the people that run over your golf ball in their golf cart. I think that's annoying. I think that's there. There's a time and place for that. I don't. I, you know the, the way I look at it is like you're giving that person just a free drop. That's true. But most people roll in the fairways, anyways. That's also true. Just speaking a lot of truth. Yeah, my brother had a friend. They were on a golf trip, and like they had been drinking, obviously, and. Like his friend thought it'd be funny to just like tackle him, like on the on the course, and it like ended up actually kind of messing up my brother's back for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> just some good old fashioned shenanigans. Uh, 
um, I just looked down at my computer like, huh, what do we need to get to? And uh, trending on Twitter right now, we have Kentucky Weather, major announcement, uh, new Avatar movie. Oh, and MILF Manor. It's Trump's major announcement, and it is unrelated to MILF Manor. Okay. Uh, Trump's major announcement. Major. What, what will that be, Roush? Actually, let's go to our political correspondent. Scoots, what are you expecting this Trump major announcement to be? He's running for president. He's already announced that. Oh. Um, he's selling Mar-a-Lago. That would be a major announcement. I doubt it. Doubt it. That's all I got. He wouldn't be selecting his VP, would he? That would be so desperate. Be so early, too. Yeah, like you don't, that's like a late bump kind of thing in a campaign. Yeah, but I don't know what else it would be. Yeah. And then, what's more, tell me more about Milf Manor. A uh, new show coming to TLC. Eight hot moms leave home for the chance to find love with men half their age, but they're greeted with a shocking twist. Damn the series premieres January 15th on TLC. What's the shocking twist? Oh. This is finally my TV show that I should have went on. I missed Seriously, it. Seriously, Scoots. What? All these dudes have, like, abs, though. No, but that'd be so funny if it was just, like, all these, like, six-foot-four gorgeous dudes and then just Scoots. Oh, you can't have like, all. Yeah, we, uh, you know, they're, like, interviewing Brad, and he's like, hey, yeah, I've just always had a thing for hot moms. I don't know what it is about me. And... Yeah, I'm from Pekin, Indiana. I, I love hot moms. I'm happy to be here on Milf Manor. I know I don't look like these other fellas, but I look forward to meeting these women. I'm just as fun as them. You no doubt more fun, I would bet. <laughs> that was uh th- Give me some flatty platties. Plus I'd stand out if I'm the only one with the gut and they're all like ripped and gorgeous. Yeah. I'm and good. just like you would be much more willing than these bros to like raise some of these MILF Manor moms kids. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> this was uh I don't know if you all watched 30 Rock, but that was one of the shows that they created was Milf Island. It was 22 super hot moms, 58th grade boys, no rules. <laughs> Jeez. It's like Epstein's Island. <laughs> TLC is where we got TLC find... is uh, where I, I got to know what this January. twist is. I know. I need to know, too. The way their faces dropped, I wonder if they were like all of their kids or something. Like, it's their sons flirting with the other moms while they're there. Oh, that's kind of a funny idea. Or their son's friends. Yeah. It's got potential. I might check into it. Got to get scoots on it somehow, some way. <laughs> if you got invited on, would you do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you really sure. would? Absolutely. I would do, I'm of the mindset that I would do pretty much any TV show. Oh, reality scoots? Yeah. We need to get you to start applying for some. I, I'd worry about your consp- competitive spirit on some of these shows. Not MILF Manor. I think you'd be all in on that one. But, like, I, I think, like, if you were on Survivor, you wouldn't, like, you'd want to win, but I think you just would be out there for the vacation. I'd be, yeah, you're right. I, I, would, <laughs> I would definitely be okay not winning Survivor because you're out of the real world for so long. But I don't know. I've, I'll go back and forth on Survivor. There's some days I'm like, yeah, I'd be really good at that game. I think I could win. And then there's others where it's like, I'm going to be starving the whole time. And uh, just enjoying see, a vacation. Starving grumpy scoots would Oof. be w- w- dealing with some of these people would be very funny. Come on, I, I'd be like depleted. Can't <laughs> even finish his catchphrase. I'd be like Ryan. I'd be out in the ocean four hours a day fishing. I always do wonder what they do. Like they never really show like the evening. 
Oh, they don't they don't show like the fun camaraderie stuff. They're like only showing gameplay, and then maybe like a yeah. Funny... But like, what do they do from like five p.m. till six in the morning? Whatever they want. Vacationing, you know. But you can't like you're not drinking. You know, you're not like partying. I'm sure so. A lot of it is they're whooped from the day. Like if they have like a challenge or something, they're just eating. And I know, but how boring would that be to just be sitting in the sand for like eight hours? Then sleeping on wood, just to wake up, do some cool things in the morning, and then go back and just sit on the that's, sand that's, for eight uh, hours. The challenge of winning that game. That's one thing I've never understood: why they sleep on a wooden shelter when they've got nice soft sand everywhere around them. Because that sand probably be gritty. Storms, and... wind, whip up sand. I'm gonna be sleeping face. in the sand. I bet some people didn't. Somebody do that. Gabler did that. Yeah. All right, Roush. What's the latest on football news? It's hot. It's heavy. And everybody wants to. People are starting to get a little like, where when are when are the commitments rolling in? You got the one that was cool. Yep. Well, I know two of the running backs that Kentucky really likes, uh, Trey Cornest and Jamarian Wilcox. They've both said they're going to announce on signing day. So you got to wait six more days for that. Uh, Wilcox, you got to worry about Hugh Freeze uh, at Auburn. He's uh, since he got there, he's made Wilcox a priority. It felt like Kentucky was ahead of Clemson uh, for the guy that Rivals just bumped up to a top 150 player in America. Uh, but Auburn's been all over him. They're trying to get him on for an official visit this weekend. Um, so that's that's something to keep an eye on. There was uh, so here's we haven't heard as much because, and this is this is my guess is that Scott Woodward's doing a lot of heavy lifting with some of these bigger guys, and he's similar to Summerall in that he just won't say much. Or, like, if he does, there's, like, a, it's very little. So what we're learning about some of these guys is coming from, like, there was a Michigan writer that had an update on Carmelo English and essentially saying that Kentucky, Kentucky's got a strong, uh, the offer is strong, like insinuating that Kentucky's got a good nil package for him, that he likes Kentucky, and that's the only reason why he would go to Kentucky over back-to-back playoff team Michigan. Saying, like, we're, we're, we've got a chance, but I don't know. Kentucky, it's, it's gonna, it might be tough to, to win out on this one, uh, and it's Nils' fault. Which brings me to um, a very a conversation that needs to be had. Oh, Anytime oh boy. we're complaining about nil, it feels very targeted. And it's not always nil's fault that you lost a recruit. It's just not. Yeah, you kind of alluded to this yesterday, or maybe it was on Tuesday. I mean, but that's not, that cannot always be the excuse. For as much as we complain about how the nil situation is at Kentucky, has John Calipari had any nil problems? No. Not at all. With. Seemingly the most expensive. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like Charlie in the Pepe Silvia Always Sunny episode because it's like, all right, you miss out on this recruit, it's nil, but then you land these guys, was nil good like here, but not good there. And then, like you mentioned with UofL, that like they've got this unbelievable nil setup, but they can't go get anybody decent in the transfer portal for the last two years since nil has been around. Yeah, like it, it is very hard to try to piece all together. You can make it drive a man insane. So that's why we can't always just take the bait that it's nil's fault that we didn't get X recruit. 
I like. I think that's a good point to make, and it needs to be hit home. Because it's been back-to-back days where you had kids that officially visited Kentucky over the weekend committed elsewhere. Uh, it was the C.J. Blocker kid uh, that went to Utah, and then this kid, Rico Walker, who uh, he committed to Maryland, which is kind of odd for a four-star edge. It doesn't really make sense. But Mike Loxley, he's good for a couple of big late recruiting wins in the cycle. Steve Wiltfong already had a crystal ball in for him when he took an official visit to Kentucky. So that seemed kind of like a long shot to begin with. Um, but, like, Kentucky didn't lose out just because of Mill. Like, Thank you for saying that. Like, that's that, – and, and we'll have to keep those in mind. And um, I think the reason why people don't really care to, to make the stance you just made is because – if we keep putting like it, it, there is no negative in blaming nil if it keeps growing nil. Yes, right, exactly. Like it, it can turn into a positive because it should, in theory, motivate others to contribute to. It's a nil it's situation. a technique to continue to raise money for things is to continue mm-hmm. to act like it's a a major issue, and then people keep throwing money at it. And while it may actually still be good, you can still anytime something goes wrong, you still keep complaining about it. That way, you keep throwing more and more money into it. And, and I think I've just explained the the climate crisis. It's it's also the ultimate uh, straw man too because it's <laughs> nobody. Has has to be accountable for it. There's, exactly. Like, exactly. It, it's like the the people at Athlete Advantage. Do they care that they get beat up on some? Like, no, uh, not at all. So, what, a, what a crutch it is as a recruiter to be like, man, we really needed that guy. If only we had better nil set up. I would have probably gotten them if I had a better nil set up. Mm-hmm. So that's that is a good good on you for saying it. it's something we got to remember. And you're going to hear it from coaching. I mean, you're from like failing coaching staff. You're going to hear probably nil use an excuse. Not just at UK, and hopefully we don't have to worry about it at Kentucky, but all throughout the country. That's going to be a that's going mm-hmm. you're going to we'll get sick of hearing about it. And that's what brings me to Devin Leary, and I don't think that nil. If he doesn't come to Kentucky, I don't think it's because Kentucky doesn't have the nil money to get him here, right? I yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. If anything, who is it, that? Who is that for? That which player? Devin Leary. Okay, the quarterback. Yes. Like I don't I don't think that would be a problem. I think now, the, I've actually heard some good things on Devin Leary in the nil situation. Exactly. So that like, hey, look at Will Levis, one of the more profitable college football players. I won't certainly say the most, and I don't think he'd probably be in top ten, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But he's doing. They're he did basically well for saying, have a personality. This is you mm-hmm. at Kentucky. We've yep. shown we've shown it with, and supposedly. It's at a point where like another school is going to have to really showcase that he could be more prof. And I don't know if that he could be a, almost a bigger deal because I think that's their point is like you would be the biggest deal coming to here. And that's where Levis was really great for Kentucky. Obviously, winning ten games last year was awesome. This year didn't go the way we wanted. Nobody's specifically blaming Levis for that, uh, but he wasn't also amazing. But he also wasn't healthy. But just to showcase Kentucky football. You can be the big man on campus and get the biggest paychecks in in college sports. That's huge. That's a huge sell for future. I'm not sure if people are aware, but the quarterback position incredibly important in college football, really the game of football at any level. Mm-hmm. To be able to say you can be at the same financial table at the as the quarterback at an Alabama or Ohio State is colossal. Now, the U.K. quarterback will need to be good, right? but they feel like that is Leary. I mean, 
NC State was like a trendy playoff pick for a few before he got hurt. Yeah, be, yeah. exactly. I, so what could crunch I, the numbers? I, I'm feeling good about this, everybody. Devin Leary, 17 and four as a starter, and his only losses are there's two at Clemson, one at a top 25 Wake Forest team. Like, I know that it's not everything, but the dude's done a lot. Um, I, we we had a conversation when Levis and declared that. Like what? What Levis's legacy is going to be if Kentucky continues? Like if if Devin Leary comes here and he's good, and then they go and get somebody else. Like if this becomes a norm, then the shortcomings of this year can be usurped by the legacy that he kind of created as a to make this a premium destination for transfer portal quarterbacks. I don't know how sustainable it is. Like eventually, you're going to have to get somebody from high school. But if this thing it continues to to work, then you're we're going to have to really think of Levis in a even more positive light than what we already have so far. Yeah, and and it can only help if he goes to the next level and is a good, good. quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care so much about where he ends up getting drafted, but the higher the better. But it's going to be more important that he succeeds. Would you want to see him in Green Bay? I don't care. I don't think he would end up there. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that. That, that would be a weird way. Green, for him I don't to think Green there. Bay would burn such a high pick that Levis is being projected. So no, I don't think it's going to end up happening. But if he were to end up at Green Bay, I would think uh, it would probably not be the wisest choice for all parties involved. But I like Levis. Why wouldn't I want him on my favorite team? You seem a little hesitant. Like about well, it's just because it's not. I mean, they're obviously Jordan loves the future of the Green Bay offense. Now, that being said, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, they had Brian Brom as well, and it was basically like it's got to be one of these to kind of push Aaron Rodgers. But hey, if Aaron doesn't work out, we also got another young, promising quarterback that killed it in college. Of course, it didn't work out for Brian Brom, but he was also a second. So no, it wouldn't be the best fit. But I, I wouldn't burn. like Will Levis. I think I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL quarterback or not. Yeah, it's. Um... I think he will be, but. I also am not going to really fight people that think he will not be. It's obviously opinion-based. I'm wrong on, like, guessing if players are going to succeed at the next level or excel at the next level all the freaking time. It's hard to figure out. But guy can throw it a mile if he can get some protection. I He's still growing as a quarterback. He's only going to get better. I could totally see him being a good quarterback. I don't think I'd and, spend a top-10 pick on him, but I also – And see, and that's the thing, though, is – I mean, Scoots, how many surefire quarterbacks are there in the NFL draft? Like, it, it, there's there's a certain okay, we can we we can kind of get a general idea of who could be good, but knowing who's the surefire good thing is it's it's always a gamble of picking quarterbacks. Because mm-hmm. like I thought, Sam Sam Darnold, people thought he him or Josh Rosen, these guys they're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach Wilson, like I mean it. I don't want to say it's flip of a coin. It's probably more 60-40 than that. Mitch Trubisky. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of high draft pick quarterbacks that just kind of flame out. I just hope Levis isn't one of them. Is Zach Wilson on Milf Manor? Ooh. You know what? He's probably going to have some free time. They made him a uh, second stringer this week. That's the twist. Is that like it's Zach Wilson? It's just one Zach Wilson for eight women. Yeah. <laughs> His mom was on there. Definitely sign me up. But I feel I feel good uh, about where things stand with Leary. Not necessarily knowing the ins and outs of the conversations between him and the staff, but I do know the nil setup is very appealing. 
it's going to continue to be appealing for quarterback recruits, and another school is going to really have to come big with the bag, if you will, to steer him away from from Kentucky. By the way, did you all see Fran Frischilla's tweet? Uh, I did not see uh, Fran Frischilla's tweet. He's suggesting the nil ceiling has cracked, or I guess the near the nil floor even, and chaos is on its way. Oh wait, really? we'll tell you about it when we return for hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. It's an interesting tweet. It's an interesting conversation, uh, just about the dangers of nil. We'll come back. We'll tell you about it, and then more importantly, we'll get to the Thornton's text line. A lot of really really funny things on there. So don't go anywhere. KRC returns for hour number two when we return. I got some oceanfront property in Arizona From my front porch you can see the sea I got some oceanfront property in Arizona If you buy that I'll throw the Golden Gate in free Over over? I heard the family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Oh, we got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Last time we had breaking news, it did not disappoint. Bobby Petrino. A&M. Back in the FBS. Did not at A&M. Oh, where at? That was uh, too good to be true. There was rumors he was going to Texas A&M. He's headed west. He's going to join Barry Odom in Las Vegas. With the running Rebels. He's going to be UNLV's OC? Yes, the offensive coordinator for the running Rebels at UNLV. What? They play football? They were very bad this year. Aiden Robbins, though, for Manuel High was a very good running back for him. Do that to his Missouri State players. That's that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. The former Missouri head coach coach to go be the OC at UNLV? Well, he's got to get back to FBS. He he could go live in Vegas. Better OC job than that? See, I think that's what it is, is he has to, like, go somewhere and not suck for a little while. I would want Bobby Petrino to be o- the OC at UK. And I know people are gonna would lose their mo- – it's never going to happen, so it's – I can just – I can speak it because it's not real. But, like, that dude is an offensive genius. Running an entire football program, hell no. Needing him to be pleasant to coworkers – most of them probably not. Some of them, a little too pleasant. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to run an offense, to call offensive plays, to put a good offense well, on the field and put up points, that dude is a genius. Uh, like, the fact that UNLV was the top spot he could get to, I don't well, know if he's just trying to hang out in Vegas or what. It makes sense because here's why he had, he didn't get a bigger offensive coordinator job, TJ. When was the last time Bobby Petrino was just a purely offensive coordinator? Don't remember. It's like 2002. It was at Auburn before he went to Louisville. So how he works for somebody when he's not that head guy, how offenses have changed, is he – like this is actually the perfect – Offenses have changed. He had a Heisman winner like five years ago. 
Yeah. Like, it was at, only five years ago. Yeah, it was, it was 26, only five years 2016 ago. season, 2017, but so I, six years. I, I think this is the part, though, like if the offense gets rolling at UNLV, then he'll get he'll be power five in no time. Yeah, like no the, doubt about it. And I guess he probably – there's got to be something there that he thinks can at least put up enough points where it can catch eyeballs. But It's a Mountain West. You can easily win there. From From an offensive coordinator standpoint – Hell yeah, I would love that guy to call plays for a little bit. Now, that being said, very thrilled. It seems like a lock UK has Liam Cohen, and that's going to be fun. And Liam Cohen is seemingly a significantly better human being than Bobby Petrino, seemingly. But wild. Yeah. I was buying into him going to A&M. I was buying into those rumors, thinking, like, that's going to be electric. A&M's just going to have the biggest butts on their sideline. Not literally, but just the biggest jerks possible, and it's going to be electric. And A&M's either going to win, and it's going to be hilarious, or they're going to crash and burn, and it'll be hilarious. So I'm a little disappointed that it's going to be UNLV. But I mean, if you wanted to watch a freight train going down the tracks towards this stick of dynamite, it's Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino in Texas A&M. It would have been electric. I mean, my goodness. It would have been electric. Whew. Them taking on Nick Saban in Alabama. But that is that's good breaking news. I appreciate you passing it along to us. Can can the cats schedule UNLV? Is it too late? Um, he'll be gone by then. Most likely, I would I would think so. All right, the Fran Frischilla tweet says I'm hearing that some talented college teams are starting to crack because of nil payments not being made on time, nil promises not kept, or jealousy among teammates. Not a value judgment on nil. It's a human. It's human nature. The new normal. Everybody's biggest fears. <laughs> People in the locker room not going to be able to get along. Fran, which one was it? Where was yeah, it the which... nil payments are, are are pushing back? Was it the nil promises not being kept, or was it angry teammates in the locker room? Also, which Big Twelve coach is <laughs> complaining to Fran? Right, because it's got to be a Big Twelve coach. Yeah, or somebody in the Northeast. I, the people that were most against nil, this is like those are almost the exact phrases that they would use in being concerned. You didn't have so much about nil payments not being made, although we probably should have talked about that a little bit more. Like people just lie (laughs) all the time in college sports. Right, right. So you got to be careful of that stuff. And that's been a rumor that's been going around U of L message boards, Roush, that. Who are the Adidas checks cashing? No, no, no. That UK program, nil promises aren't being made. Oh. And that's why you have people like Carrington Valentine that are maybe sniffing around rival programs. Although Carrington Valentine did have a response to that. Yeah, he just had an L's down Which is a hilarious response. I mean, in... in, Came about 10 minutes after my U of L friend group was like, would we want this guy? Is he any good? And then I just got to link that tweet and be like, well, it doesn't look like you have to worry about it. I mean, but we had this conversation yesterday. It's like, it doesn't make sense. You said it. Yeah, it you just, were all over it. It doesn't make sense. And now, could there be a salary cap issue, right, where he want, like everybody can't have the same piece of the pie? Yes. But going to Louisville doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Unless Louisville was just desperate to steal somebody from UK that was a starter, and they throw money that they shouldn't be throwing at him for the quality of player that he is. But we talked about that. That seems highly unlikely that they would do that. I just, for me... I would lose you more football games. The 
Because if this is a salary cap issue with Carrington, if that's where all the whispers are coming from, right? Like he wants more money than what they're able to give him. And he would like to look elsewhere. You can do that all the time in the NFL. The difference is knowing your market worth at the college level is going to be more challenging. You'd have to enter the portal. Would they take you back if you did it? That 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 can be challenging. And two, man, if you just stick around another year, right now he'd be probably a day three pick if he tested well and did all that stuff. Dude, you could go be a second rounder if you have another good year. Like your your own investment for like your betting on yourself has its advantages. Go trying out in another scheme. It should be a part of a pretty filthy defense. Have plenty yeah. of help around you. Not like, going to get totally picked on. And being the best, being quote unquote the best cornerback on a top ten defense has its value. Mm-hmm. So like I, that that's where I hope uh, rational minds can prevail. Because like he did switch to that position late in the process, right? I don't think he started playing corner until he was a junior in high school. So this is he just finished his fifth year playing this spot. And a lot of it, he's played a lot at Kentucky. You don't get a ton of opportunities to play early in the SEC, and he's had him. So I hope it, um, hope everything works out. But the whole Louisville stuff, um, I like Dave a lot. Some people don't like Lackford just because I, I love his brashness. Do we think that when Justin said that it was his, he, he when Roland said he was thought that. Uh, what was it? He thought that Carrington might have played his last snap to Kentucky Jersey. That Lifer was just like, well, that's because he's going to Louisville. Another aspirations guy going to like. Do we think Dave just ran with it, or do we think he got some heard some actual things about Carrington going to Louisville? I think probably guessing, totally guessing. I would guess that it probably came from aspirations people. Be my yeah. guess. And then there's the rumors that UK's nil situation, checks aren't clearing, stuff like that. When DL Walker's tweeting uh, smiley face emojis on Monday, those are that that to me is oh text cleared. The, the payments came through. <laughs> that, that's what. It's that, my guess, but hey, we're all just guessing. We are, and uh, I think you're. Do you think you'll, we'll start hearing commitments to Kentucky soon? What's maybe tomorrow? Top, oh, wow, wow, maybe tomorrow, folks. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. tomorrow. Good old Friday. Perfect oh, time to make a big time. What a decision. tease. They called him the big T's in college. That's Nick Roush for you. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We're going to head on over there, read some for you, see what we've got. 502-414-1450, if it'll let me scroll on up. And it did the first text. Do we have it? It's a uh, texter says it's embarrassing about the bridge in Shepherdsville, and it was redone to look like that. They should have just done the whole bridge. It was redone to make it look like the Christmas decorations, like that, or where it had like part of the guardrails that were jaggedy and broken. Which one? More specific, please, texter. <laughs> a texter says eating crow call. <laughs> Yeah, anytime we're really wrong, we'll come in the next day and we'll, instead of roll call radio, it'll be eating crow call radio. Man, I really want to see a picture of this bridge with half the lights on it. Well, I don't even know if it lights up. I was there in the daytime. Just mm-hmm. some of the decorations. 
I'll, I'll probably be. I'm actually going to have to go back to Shepherdsville probably next week. I'll take a little video when I'm crossing the bridge. One texter on the Thornton's text on says, that bridge just be bridging, dog. Let it bridge. That's true. My, my bad. We do just want to let the bridges bridge. TJ, you have never hit over the net. I've seen Mike Trout hit them to absolute moons at Top Golf, and he didn't clear it. Just going to whack park cars and people walking. Huge hazard, if LOL. You, if you that, aim, the texter, that, you're under the impression that the ball can't go over the net in any capacity. It absolutely can, which brings cars and other stuff into play. The thing is, like you can go over the side of the net, and that defeats your logic. That's, that, that's the whole, like, I don't think TJ's saying you hit over the net whatever it is, deep. Like, you can just aim to the right and go over it. And the way your ball can fishtail and slice sometimes. I'll be there on Sunday. I'll take video of me hitting it over the net, and I don't even hit the ball all that far. You wait and see. Although, unless the little one's further than the other ones, in which case that will be my excuse. Eat and crow call. <laughs> and we'll be eating some crow call on Monday's show. Oh, man. You but I've what? hit it over the net. I mean, it's just I, I have. It's happened. You know what's better than eating crow call, Scoots? What's that? Eating salseritas. That's true. Love eating salseritas. Yeah, I love it as well. Wildly addictive chips. I haven't had some wildly addictive chips. I guess I'm just not addicted enough lately. I've been you on a... You take up some uh, salseritas catering to Ohio. Show them what the good people are missing out up oh, there. That's the, a good idea. It's night. so convenient, too. They even give you the little blue things that you light on fire to keep it warm. Those things are cool. I don't know how they work, but I'm fascinated by them. Really fresh. They are. They're, they're a gel. It's wild. Yeah. The technology. I, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, but the fresh Mexican eatery, it's the best of the best. Uh, the quesadillas, too. Especially you go through that Middletown drive through mm, The quesadilla, it's not, you don't have to worry about it making a mess while you're in the car. Quesarito, kind of messy. But quesadilla, not so much. I absolutely love their quesadillas. Perfect Same. crunch to cheese to meat ratio, which is a science. Or an art mm-hmm. in terms of if you can get it right, but like I've got to have a little crunch on the outside of my quesadilla. Yeah, Not, yeah. you know, obviously you don't want it burnt. It's but basically a flat burrito at that point. It, if yeah, it's, not it's like crispy. floppy. Yeah, and you don't want you don't want the New York flop on your quesadilla. Nope. Then you bite in, and obviously the first like meat and cheese just kind of meet at the middle. And it's the gooey cheese. It's just so perfect. You all got to check them out. Download the app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. We love salseritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Another, hey, did you see Terrible Radio? Did you see the helmets Mississippi State's wearing in the bowl game? Are those actually going to be real? No. Yeah. The pirate flag. It would make sense, though, because they look like the Buccaneers kind of pirate flag, and they're playing at Raymond James Stadium in the Reliquest Bowl. Yeah, can they they just borrow the Buccaneers' helmets? Perfect synergy. I would like that. It's a helmet. It, lo- it it does. It looks just like the Buccaneers helmets, but it's with maroon. And they have like a and it has the Jolly Roger and yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, speaking of Mississippi State, name it's a, a concept new- helmet though. But it'd be cool if they did. It'd be a nice tribute to Mike Leach. They're gonna be playing in their bowl game, by the way, and they didn't name a head coach. All right, Scooter. That's that's what I was gonna bring up the head coach thing. How how difficult must that have been for them? Like two days later, they have to name a head coach. Well, they didn't oh. have to. And they could have done a search, but it was smart like on their part to just roll with Zach Arnett, who part of the reason why, A, he's been great there. Um, that three three five defense has really. Has caused us fits. Yeah, yeah. It, it really has been a challenge. Uh, it's unconventional, and that's just kind of how they like it in Starkville. They like kind of being the oddballs that are giving teams difficulty. But the biggest thing is, there was a lot of other – Notre Dame in particular, when they were hiring Marcus Freeman um, 
to be their defensive coordinator and eventually their head got promoted to be head coach. Uh, Arnett was a finalist for that job. Uh, there was a couple other schools that have come calling throughout his tenure. He remained loyal. And I, I think just bringing in somebody new after all of that would be really tough to keep everyone together. So I, I think it, it just yeah, it's it a really tough spot. Well. I was actually texting Roush about it because there's a little part of me the circumstances are totally accurate that it probably wasn't the time and place for this. But I was like, man, what if Mississippi State were to hire Summerall? Because he's just an, a good coach. Like, that yeah. dude's just not going to fail. Not that he won't have a bad season here or there. I think any even the best of the best coaches can have that happen. But he is just too hardworking, too good mm-hmm. of a football mind to fail. And I don't want him at Mississippi State. All that being said, though, and, and that's got to be hard for Zach Arnett to – Dream, a dream. You're a head coach in the SEC, but but the circumstances, uh, the circumstances to get there, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and I don't know if I feel bad for him. Don't feel bad for him. I think I do. I think I feel bad for him mm-hmm. for a head coach in the SEC. I hate that that was the circumstances that came about. Uh, college football will always miss Mike Leach, but what will that do for Mississippi State's offense if we turn it back into a UK side of things? The Cats. We best not get used to playing Mississippi State every year, unfortunately, with the breaking of divisions. It won't happen as much, but for at least probably the next two years, and by the way, we mentioned it earlier, but UCLA, USC, they're going to be joining the Big Ten for the start of the 24 athletic year. So college football, the 24 season, those schools will be in the Big Ten. I'm sure the SEC would probably like Texas and Oklahoma to be in the SEC at a similar time. I still have no idea when they plan on joining. But when they do, divisions are going to be gone, so you won't have the annual matchup with Mississippi State. But most likely you probably at least have at least have one more game down in Starkville, uh, and then maybe they come back up to Lexington in 2024. Is that going to be hard for somebody else to come in and run Mississippi State's offense with the pieces that the Pirate assembled, but not having, obviously, Leach's brain in terms of being able to run? Are they going to have a system issue? Well, have you ever heard of the name Spurrier? I have, yeah. Well, Spurrier might be their offensive coordinator now. So Steve Spurrier Jr., he actually was there at Western Kentucky for Mike Sanford's first and only good season at WKU. But he went and joined Leach's staff in 2017 out at Wazoo and then followed him. So he spent six seasons learning from Leach and has been at Mississippi State throughout the tenure. He's their pass game coordinator. I'm sure he'll be the one calling plays in the bowl game. That feels like an easy fit. Yeah. 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 He's He also uh, spent a little time in Oklahoma, South Carolina. So he's pretty well-versed throughout the coaching rink. So that, that feels like they could keep things cohesive and keep doing what they've been doing. Um, really sick of losing Starkville. Wouldn't it be, I mean, freaking Spurrier. Be ginormous for, like, going. when we're going to be looking at the 2023 schedule and we're going to be making our predictions, if you could feel good about a win in Starkville, which really we have no reason to because it's been so long, but when you look at the talent, when most likely, again, we got to figure out who we got to fit. I'm assuming UK is going to get some of the pieces that they seem like they're going to get in the transfer portal. You still got to close the job on those guys. But assuming the roster is going to look similar to what I think it may look like, if you're playing Mississippi State on a neutral field, I'd have the expectation you need to beat them. On the road, be a little bit more difficult, but that's got to, that's got to change. You can't lose in Starkville every freaking time you play there. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. 
That would be rough. But um, So hopefully they can steal a win there. That'd be huge. It would be. Uh, we didn't really talk much about, like, the, the news broke as we were getting off air on, what, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was. But um, of all the, the Mike Leach uh, kind of clips that are being revisited, the, the one about his obituary was the most Mike Leach thing ever. Um, that is true. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was just so Mike Leach. Uh, and I, I really appreciated to go back, like because my my favorite story out of all the stories was the the one that Game Day ran a couple years ago where he dropped the – he did a wakey leaks. He dropped a fake script on the Texas sideline, and Oklahoma was up like 21 nothing because Texas thought they had the – the game script. Yeah, it's a amazing story. They, I think, when did that reach the surface? That was like six years ago or something. Yeah, they they, they did the whole game day bit recently. I don't know if it had been told before that though. It, it was like a four minute feature, five minute feature. You've probably seen it retweeted. They did it with like cartoons. Media. Yeah, highly recommend it's very watching it. Uh, Leach just totally tricked. Texas into thinking they had their game plan. I wouldn't be shocked if more stuff like that doesn't happen to right. some some degree. Leach really was like the American success story for college football. Didn't play, you know, didn't have the the same background most people in football have. He was a lawyer, but just was overly passionate about the sport, just like couldn't stop thinking about it and used his really really smart brain to kind of change the game of football. it uh, It's kind of surreal that he's gone, and I'm going to probably say that like more even going into next year's football season. It's, gonna, it's not going to feel right, him not being around. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, with Devin Leary on his visit and all the coaches on the road, who the hell is hosting him? Well, well Roush thought it was Levis. It was not Levis, though. He confirmed that right after the episode that he's not hosting anybody, but he's talked to people. And it was funny, though, because – so Levis did pin it deep on Tuesday, and then he's on the new part of my take, too, that came out yesterday. And Big Cat's a Wisconsin guy, and he's like, so, Graham Mertz is coming to Kentucky. What restaurants should he go to? And he was like, well, that's news to me. And he's like, but I have talked to Graham Mertz. He did say that he's at least. So pretty clear Kentucky was in contact with Graham Mertz. Levis is given his recommendation. I think that's kind of his extent. Like, he'll answer questions. He'll be a resource for those guys. Um, but he's not necessarily bringing them around. And here's the thing, too, Texter. Um, when they're out on those visits at UK, like he's not spending the entire day with Mark Stoops, right? Like They have other things on the itinerary than just hanging out with Mark Stoops. So Stoops was on the road with Bullware. He could have been sitting in the film room with Woodward going over stuff, right? He could have then, then gone and had a meeting with yeah. – the athlete advantage people about nil stuff, right? Like so, like there's there's different meetings and stuff that happen throughout the day. There's time spent with actual players too, just kind of hanging out, getting a feel for everybody. I'm 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 hoping that there was time spent watching Barry on Brown just run, just like hey Barry on, just show him how fast you are. Like that's almost kind of what you do with little kids, right? Like hey Johnny, just go out there, show him how fast. Like I. I want that to be a part of the visit as well. So, yes, Stoops is on the road, but that does not mean he did not have time to visit with Devin Leary while he was on campus. You're the head coach, and both Mertz and Leary want to play for you. Who are you taking? I'm taking Leary. Yeah. Injury concerns be darned. Yeah, what hire four with Devin Leary? You know, like there's just – He can – if he's healthy, he can sling it. Yeah, yeah. And – 
also the the way he takes care of the ball, like you're not he hasn't just had those four interception games that just you can't win, you know. Um and it would it would be nice to uh to see cuz cuz that's Levis's biggest bugaboo, right? Was the turnover stuff. Well, with Cohen's offense coming back, do you want somebody that can kind of tuck it and run and take a few hits? Is that something that you should be looking for in a quarterback or Obviously, at the end of the day, just getting the ball to the receivers is priority number one, and you can adjust accordingly. But I do, I mean, obviously, Levis and Cohen's offense seem to have more success running, certainly, than Scangarello's. Obviously, injuries played a role. And mm. I, I think that the way like, Kentucky's going to be a more high volume passing team, and I think I'm much more. Co- because I asked this to Mark Stoops when they had their press conference. Like, well, last time you said you looked at the personnel and you knew you had to run the ball, so you had to hire a coordinator that could run it. Are you going to do that this time with your receivers? And he's like, long story short, yes. I think Kentucky's going to be a higher-volume passing team, and I trust the ball in Devin Leary's hands more so doing that than, than most players because he's done it. He's been a high-volume passer, and even though he hasn't ran the football, he, he can sit back there in the pocket and, and get it out to guys. Works for me. Uh, all right, we're going to hit our last break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up the show with the Thornton's text line, 502414. Keep them coming. If you missed it earlier, Bobby Vitrino returning to FBS, leaving Missouri State to go to UNLV to be the offensive coordinator, which is wild. Jason Anderson, who used to do radio in this town, good guy. I think he's out in, what, Kansas City now. He tweeted, Bobby Vitrino's three years at Missouri State. Finish in conference. First in year one. Second, year two. Eighth in year three. He says, shocker, he's getting out before it comes crashing down. Shocked. That's the old Bobby Petrino way. Have some success. Make it look good. Make it look pretty. Have no depth, no stability for the future. Get out. Get the hell out of here. Hey, but with an if he doesn't have to do the recruiting, if he doesn't have to do the program management, if he doesn't have to build the depth, and if he just gets to go in, have the pieces, and coach those pieces, I think he can do a good job. But he loves watching things burn on his way out of town. We'll be right back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll One final segment coming up. Roll and roll it down a hill, and I still wouldn't trade it for a coop and a I got an eight foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, it would. I met all my wives in traffic jams or just something women like about a pickup man. We're looking down on Wayne's basement. Only that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. That's weird. Garth, that was a haiku. Talking a little Survivor during yeah, the break. Yeah, got a little overwhelmed. Exciting stuff, though. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call. Exciting stuff is Shady Rays, and you can still get your Shady Rays before the holidays, but you will be running out of time. Go to ShadyRays.com to learn more. Uh, I've got one, I know, one order's coming today for me, which is really, really nice. exciting. Anytime you order at Shady Rays, uh, one pair of sunglasses equals 10 meals donated to fight hunger Across America, which is great. They have over 200,000 five-star reviews, polarized sunglasses, affordable price, and great 
buyer confidence. You're going to buy them and know that if they break, lost, stolen, small processing fee, you're getting your order right back. Uh, so you know that when you get it, it's not you, – you can relax a little bit. And that's that's something nice when you make a purchase, uh, spending money on accessories. It's nice knowing that they're kind of insured in a sense. And a 30-day money-back guarantee, if you get them, they just end up not being the style that you like. But you will love the quality, and they've got sunglasses for any occasion, man, woman, kids. They've got prescription sunglasses, blue lights if you're staring at a screen all day. And with the snowy season coming up, snow goggles as well. They make the perfect holiday gifts. Check out ShadyRays.com today. And do not forget the promo code BIGX to save 25% at checkout. (laughs) Head on back to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. See what the people have to say. Ooh, um, just briefly, we, we, we were talking about who could be the next guy there that could be calling plays. Um, Cole Kublik suggested bringing Chris Hatcher in, who is currently the head football coach at Sanford. He was Hal Mummy's quarterback's coach with Leach there that taught Couch how to run the air raid on napkins at Hooters. Oh, man. That's so, exciting. He's at Sanford right now. If they don't go Spurrier Jr., be a good that fit. could be an easy, yeah, yeah. See him a strange decision. TJ, Nick, you forgot Isaiah Cummings and Andrew Phillips. Both are from Louisville. I mentioned Cummings, but we were talking more like big-time impact players. No disrespect to those fellas. Yeah, Cummings had a good year. but And when you say Phillips is from Louisville, like he's from Louisville, but, I mean, he spent his last five years in South Carolina. It's not like he was working. At, like He's not an aspirations kid or anything, and you had to fight Louisville to get him. You kind of – I don't want to say lucked your way into him, but it was a weird set of circumstances that you were able to recruit that kid. It's like saying Scoots is from Pekin when he's really from Palmyra. Palmyra. Depends where you're from. Uh, With Devin Leary on his visit, uh, we got double double text. Uh, TJ, between the Valentine and Marrow news, it seems like a certain UofL fan site is putting out this info to get clicks, try to stir up bad news for UK. I don't really buy like the bad news for UK angle because all they're doing is being watchdogs basically so like when it, it if it's bad all they did was got UK to make sure if Carrington Valentine was considering UofL or there was some behind the scenes plan all they did was tell on themselves and allowed UK to it, remedy it, the situation yeah very similar to it helped yeah 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 I mean you, you've Done, maybe maybe that was the case with the big dog potentially too. If there were behind the scenes conversations, well, you have all let them all out, and now UK fans can be confident that the big dog's not going anywhere this off season. So I don't think it's really hurting UK, although it's getting kind of UK fans in a tizzy from time to time. But it's all getting settled, so they're doing a bad job if that is their goal. It also um, that's just this time of year we get a lot of stuff like this. It's it just it's it's the time to stir things up. So prepare for it to be stirred away. Texter says, "Hey fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. I think UK should put a Jolly Roger sticker on the back of their helmets next season as an ode to the Pirate for all of that he did at Kentucky. He made the offensive football fun at and always spoke very fondly about his time in Lexington. I've always been a huge fan of his and hate to hear of his passing. College football just won't be the same. Well, and Probably won't just doing it for a guy that was an assistant coach over two decades ago. 
Mm-hmm. But I like your thought, Brad, from Bellbrook. It um, we forget too. How often did Mike Leach come up as like, you think Kentucky might hire Mike Leach as the head coach? Like that was a fun off-season whisper thing that came up quite often, ten years ago or so. Yeah, I don't really remember it like during the end of the Rich Joker era. Yeah, but if it was like but, uh, when Stoops was in hot water, yeah, it's like, like maybe they get rid of Stoops and go hire Mike Leach. I do remember it then, and can't help but kind of have I did get excited when that talk would it have worked out with Leach at UK. It'd probably be not much different than what he's doing at Mississippi State, which has been solid. But I think we've we're a little bit better off with with Stoops and happy that he's the head coach at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Who do we got next on the text line? I'm sure oh. it's somebody new and original. Yeah. Oh, wait. Brad from Bellbrook again. <laughs> Apologies for the double text. My girlfriend just let it slip that she got me a Wyndham Gabriel jersey for Christmas, and I'm beside myself because he's my favorite basket cat ever besides John Wall. Whoa. Is this a joke? No, he wasn't a superstar, but his time in Lexington was vastly underrated. I feel he has forgotten – uh, about oftentimes it's bringing me to ask who's your favorite non-superstar of the Cal era Wiggins aside for TJ <laughs> y'all have a wonderful Wednesday it, it is y- fun to not pick like a superstar as one of your favorite players yeah you kind of a, can appreciate their them to yourself more than just like everybody going goo goo for the top dog would it be Aaron it'd probably be Aaron Harrison for me is he, or is he too much of a superstar man I don't know where I saw oh I think it was on TikTok but they like top college basketball moments had a video of the Wisconsin three boy good old Andrew Harrison was really just chilling on the corner when that shot was going up like don't worry about an offensive rebound potentially Andrew you just hang out there on the corner and have a good, the best seat in the house to watch your brother uh, hit another three in in clutch time but yeah gosh sometimes you take that you forget that he was just completely out of the play taking himself out 100% Twin, intu- twin intuition, though, knew that it was going to go in, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Let me let me think on it for a I, moment. I was also a uh, big Willie Cauley-Sign fan. Felt like we were kindred spirits, uh, about the same age. Uh, we both broke our ankle at the same time. Um, both had our uh, hippie sides to us at that point in our life. I don't think Willie's ever gotten out of his. Um, so, you know... Big Willie Cauley-Stein fan. You Willie Cauley-Stein man? Yeah. Great song. It's just my issue is I keep thinking of these players, and it's like, oh, well, probably technically would be considered like a superstar. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah, and Willie Cauley-Stein was an All-American, so yeah. Who am I? That, yeah. That's the issue. So, <laughs> like, trying to go So, like, Wiggins, it's for you. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, and I always usually kind of lean defense to, to some degree. So, like, I think Isaiah Briscoe was a little underappreciated. He had his flaws, no doubt about it. But it, it was fun watching that guy kind of – he was somebody that you knew was going to give it his all and took as much pride on the defensive side of the ball as he did on the offensive side. Uh, but, again, I wouldn't say one of my favorites. But if but you, you gave us some strict criteria there, Brad. Especially taking out Liggins because we know that's your guy. Is 0-9 Louisville more of a TV draw than 8-1, number 19? And also, is it a Gabriel Lakers jersey or is it a Gabriel UK jersey? Is Louisville more of a TV draw than 8-1 Auburn? ESPN says yes. Louisville's playing on ESPN 2 while Auburn gets the ESPN Plus treatment. Yeah, I don't really care about Auburn not being on TV. Who was Auburn playing, though? They the were thing. playing Georgia Southern or something. Exactly. Georgia State exactly. or Georgia Southern. Yeah. They, it was a, they played yeah, this, close. They this is an in-state play. team, and Western's played in back-to-back conference title games. Like, 
Yeah, in-state rivalry is what gets it. U of L and Western, I believe, have played eighty-three times. What do you all think the series is? A little I trivia question. It's actually question. pretty even. A little trivia. Question. No, I'm going to go. Louisville's won seventy-five uh, percent of them. Sixty. Give okay. Me 60. Say uh, fifty to thirty-three or whatever. After last night, forty-three forty U of L. Wow. Yeah. Because Western Scoots was really good back in the 70s. Yeah. I'm sure that's when a lot of those games were played. If Western just doesn't blow it against the worst U of L team in program history, it'd be a 42 41 series, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, and it would have been the first time Western had won back to back games against U of L since the 50s, but not to be, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Corey Alexander just said, in order to make the NCAA tournament, you have to win your conference tournament. Well, that's not true. Yeah. Maybe for Louisville. Uh, trivia question during the Louisville game. Which former Cardinal scored the most points during the first three games of a season? This man really said, I got to go with Jordan Mora. You serious, Clark? Damn, where do they find some of these announcers? The answer is Wes Unsold for anyone who cares. Yeah, and if you're going to go like a recent L player, wouldn't you go Donovan Mitchell? Or like even Russ Smith. Is, I mean, yeah. there's so many. Jordan Mora. A <laughs> uh, texter gives a spoiler for Survivor. Just says, what a player. That was pretty amazing to see that last night. That person could just about talk me into a listing. Have a good one, fellas. That was from BZ. BZ. Yeah, it was a very uh, inspirational uh, ending. And I I don't like the doing it right then and there. I don't know. I I, I haven't. A reunion? Yeah. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. But there's part of me, too, that I do like that they – like, I feel like there's a lot more emotion from the players than, like, like the, the final three, there's a lot more to watch unfold there than when they're all back in L.A. and they've had time to, like, get their emotions under control. Yeah, but you don't get the whole cast, too. Some of those people that are voted off early, like, you have questions for them. You do. I do like seeing them all gussied up. And at also, the if end. I That's just want a million part. dollars and they're like, hey, we'll pour you a little crappy thing of champagne and you can eat some pizza. <laughs> Like, what? No. How, like, about, how about the 19-year-old? He didn't get any champagne. He didn't? I didn't notice. <laughs> no. Yeah. They kept skipping him every time. And then they did that big toast at the end. He didn't even get up from his seat. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Texter says. I hope he was boozing at the Ponderosa. I think he was probably boozing on just commercial breaks. Yeah, like just we just be boozing on camera. We just yeah. can't. Like, you can drink here in Fiji at 18, but you can't in America, so we got to have you drink during commercial breaks. True. Uh Texture says, is Scoots getting nervous about the bet? Oh, yeah. Yes. First time he's admitted it. Yes. Ooh, an answer to the Shepherdsville Bridge. Basically, Shepherdsville didn't want to spend money to make it look nice. Wow. Really going after the Bullock right, Countyans. I, but, but the whole point is, though, I just don't think the Christmas decorations are making it look any better. I think it's making it look worse. Just one per outsider's opinion, you all shouldn't even care what I think about your bridge. Shepherdsville, great folk. TJ, Mark Emmert's reign as the worst president in the history of the NCAA finally ends June 30th, 2023. Are there any rumblings about Mitch taking that position? Could be a win-win for UK. Let him go on his holy crusade to fix nil, and the Cats get a modern-day athletic director. Peace. Um, I do think back in the day there were some rumblings, and I don't think I think that there was some interest from Mitch, both the direction of NCAA and college athletics. I don't think he wants to be a part go, of that. Yeah. One, he doesn't agree with it. Two, he's older, probably just doesn't want to have to spend time fighting with that stuff. Uh, it's not his cup of tea the way college sports are going. So I'd say no, but I do think back in the day it was actually a possibility before kind of the bottom fell out with all this stuff. But yeah, it would be great. I'm also not sure if. Uh, if if they've, 
I felt like we got some news. I don't know if it was just the retirement news or if they got news on like candidates, but yeah, I, no, no rumblings right now, and I don't think they've named a successor yet. It may just be the pessimist in me, but it seems like we should be hearing more about upcoming football commits or commitments themselves. There was only smoke when the portal opened, but it's really quiet. What say you guys? Well, you should listen to the podcast. Might be dropping some hints. Oh. Uh, what's be the ready, scoop everybody. On, on the Ohio State. News. Roush is guaranteeing it. What's the scoop on the Ohio State portal cornerback? Yeah, uh, Jansen Dunn. Uh, Kentucky visited him yesterday, so that feels like a good sign. Vince Merrow was down there. Is that the player that you're saying is going to commit tomorrow? I don't know about that. Uh, but I de- also didn't learn until the other day, though, that it's also Dane Key's cousin. So that's a fun little connection there. Uh, they, well, that's, a, that's a lock if there's ever been one. Yeah, they trained him at cornerback this offseason, but he hasn't. He never played at Ohio State. So former top 150 recruit, that would be be nice, nice addition. See, he's got the length, too, that they like. 6'2". Um, that's what they like in their cornerbacks at the University of KY. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, Justin sucks at driving go-karts because he gets the kitty cart. High requirement is not reach. Wow. Low blow. Even on the kitty cart. Still can't reach the pedal. Give me a phone book. I, I would not have thought you would not like go-karts, Scoots. I do like go-karts. I just It kind of comes back to the whole competitive thing that you brought up earlier. I'm just I'm just not that ultra competitive. So when I get in a go-kart, I just want to drive around, you know? Sure I'm not trying is. to race and beat everybody. That's why I got lapped when last time I did it cuz I was just cruising like an old grandpa on Sunday. Well, maybe the work party will be at a go-kart track next year so people can get back at you. We've actually done a work party at a go-kart track and I sucked then too. I'm but just not you always will have top golf. That's right. John here. Good morning, doll. Oh, morning, Getting John. closer to game action, and I can't wait. Same. I hate these long breaks. This longer break between games is driving me crazy. Me too, John. How about a Christmas joke? Hey, what is the Grinch's least favorite band? The Who. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, tell me, how is your Christmas shopping going? Are you guys the type to do it early, or are you last-minute shoppers? I'm a last-minute guy myself. Well, got to go talk to you later. See, I've learned that... Um... If you do it earlier, it's at its most convenient because then you can just do it all online and then they kind of show up as it goes. So I believe I'm, I think I'm done or I'm close to it. It's impressive. John, I sometimes, I I go different. I, I usually have the intent to try to do it earlier and it's just whether or not I follow through with it. This year I did. I am totally done. Uh, went and got the nieces and nephews gifts yesterday. And the place I, I went to go, uh, they will rap for you, which is great because I'm not a rapper unless I've had a few beers in me and then I can spit some bars. Hey. Freestyle Friday. I uh, typically recruit – well, Brooke does all the rapping. She also has a fun system. It's rapping corresponding gifts with – certain parties so there's like the gifts that go to ohio they're all wrapped in one the gifts Smart. that are at our house are in one and the gifts that are at my parents are all in one very very genius you mean like paper yeah like yeah. The, the same wrapping paper well, yeah, that's my, my stepmom does that that's where i'm going with this is they wrapped all the stuff and then i got home and i was like hannah i need to mark which one's which so we know where it needs to go and she goes okay so which one's which and i was like oh no <laughs> like i don't I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta set them all up, 
and space them all out, but a few of them were the same like size. So oh, I, I was able to figure it out, but it was this month. <laughs> It was not a good look. She was like, how do you not remember what they were? I was like, first off, it took them a little while to wrap. I wasn't just, like, sitting there watching. And secondly, like, it's not like I had this thing for two hours I was holding on to. It. I had it for 30 seconds. I moved it from my hands to there, and then it was gone. I didn't memorize the shape of everything. But we think we have it all figured out. I'm with, but I'm all done. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm with you, John. I'm a last-minute guy. I, I do the thing. So we always have a Christmas on Christmas Eve at my grandma's, and I'll do the thing where I am – Literally buying gifts on Christmas Eve right before I go to my grandma's. Oh, go to Walgreens before? Yeah. yeah. Get a couple <laughs> pictures printed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You can never go wrong with pictures as a gift that's either. True. Oh, yeah. especially for your parents. Like, that is all my mom wants. Just give her some family pictures, pictures of you. It doesn't matter. Just give her pictures, and she's going to be happy. It's always a good gift. And then, like, you know, the you can never go really wrong with, like, candles or Shady yeah. Rays or Salsarita's gift cards or Thornton's gift card. Those are just, like, the holiday classic staples I, that uh, people have been doing for decades and I decades. found a website this week, uh, uh, speaking of candles, and it's all these different candles. And on the outside, it's got this paper with these, like, funny sayings. Like, one of them is, uh, having me as a son is the only gift you need this year. I've seen that on the Stuff like that, yeah. Advertising pretty funny. Well. Yeah, it, it, it got me. Did you get it? I, not yet, but I've still got the website pulled up, so I, I will end up getting yet? some. What do you need? I thought you had everything you needed. Uh, no, not even. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're in a studio with no light bulbs. <laughs> Maybe I'll just buy some light bulbs. <laughs> yeah, we all get our. We all just get each other light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Let's just all pitch in for the Big X Studios. We'll all just get one thing that we need here, and then we'll be in good shape. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got a kind of fun NFL game tonight, 49ers and Seahawks. Ooh. Seahawks coming off a home loss to the Panthers. Yikes. They are three-point dogs. I think maybe it's going to three and a half, but what do you all – who do you like? Hmm. San Fran all day, every day. Fantasy playoffs for most folks this week. Man, mine didn't start – don't start till next week, and I'm right now the two-seed. Whoa, you got a championship week 18? No, week 17. They're not doing two-week playoffs either. Wait, Wait how, a, is it ver- just four teams in the playoffs? Yeah, just four teams in the playoffs. Oh, okay. My uh, fantasy playoff started last week. When does it end? Uh, I think next week. Or we maybe actually do a two-week championship. But Out, out on two-week championships. So, I know nobody cares, but I was like 300 points behind everybody in my league, and I'm in the semifinals. Let's go. It's huge. Go Scoots. <laughs> bring it home. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Bring it home. Also, bring it home. I'm taking the Seahawks to cover, Ooh. plus three. Ooh. Where's it at? See, Seattle. Seattle. Hmm. Yeah, the line's a little fishy. I mean, that plus three seems a little sketchy. I think they're trying to bait people into the 49ers. Oh, wait. No, you got Brock Purdy. I forgot he's the quarterback. Big Sock Brock? Big Sock Brock. I- I'm I'm with you on the Seahawks. But, oh, I thought you were going to take the Purdy news as reason no. to take the 49ers. No, that's bad news for me. Yeah, I'm also I'm on Give the, me Seattle. I'm on Seattle as well. Let's go, Gino. Roush? Uh 49er, 49er. All right. Uh, any other news we need to be looking out for? Anything before we close up shop? Yeah, just a lot of recruiting, portaling. Louisville volleyball tonight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, final four. Gosh, Roush Big was game. like singing about that he was. Uh, before the show. Yeah. Pretty Brooke's excited. She's fired up. Blame it on your wife. Back to back. Come on, man. You can't wait. It's going to be a late night. They play the late game. What time and they play Pitt, ACC matchup. 
What time's the start? They're after the seven o'clock game, which was volleyball. Yeah. You never know. Pitt won't be, won't be at U of L. U of L won at Pitt. This will be the tiebreaker. Yeah. In yeah. the final four. Pretty Where's exciting. the final four this year? Uh Omaha, which uh Nebraska lost. Could have been playing kind of at home, but they lost in Louisville in the Sweet Sixteen to Oregon. Wonder if Shannon O'Bannon's gonna be going to the games. I don't know. Does she live in Omaha? I want to say that they have the Final Four in Louisville next year. What? Volleyball and soccer? That's awesome. I've also heard the Final Four is in Louisville next yeah, year. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's right. Well, that's pretty, pretty cool. That is Let's pretty get cool. Let's cats. Get it together. All right, everybody have a great Thursday. Thanks for all the texts to the there. show. We will be back for a get Friday right edition of the show tomorrow. More UK, UK and UCLA talk and potential commitment to be talking about maybe hmm. or previewing or who knows. You'll have to wake up at 7 a.m. tomorrow to find out or catch up, catch us on the podcast. This is KRC on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rapp, Justin Kim. Okay.